All right, welcome back to another episode of Finding Peaks. I'm excited to be with you all today. Thanks again for joining us. Um, really appreciate uh, you guys following along, giving us uh, feedback along the way for you know what to speak about on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just feeling filled with energy today. Um, and caffeine. Yeah, and caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. Nearly finished my uh, my Starbucks Americano here, so we're we're rocking hard here. <laughs> um, in any, in any case, we were in our office yesterday afternoon, having a chat like we do, and in the process, we got into a, a little snafu about trauma and how it works and what's the best approach to trauma. And trauma is a hot topic in this industry. Um, there's many opinions about it um, in regards to addiction and how it you know, resolves internal issues. Maybe that's causing an intensity in somebody's life um, in that regard, and I kind of just wanted to recreate that matchup you guys got into yesterday. Well, good news, it hasn't resolved yet. And it's not yeah. resolved, so, yeah. so I'm hopeful we'll experience this. I don't know if it ever will, open. honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think it's worth talking about, so we'll just do a little round one here. Right. Go. Wow, you didn't even introduce us this time. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Seriously. This is my friend Jason Friesma, yeah. Chief <laughs> Clinical Officer of Peak Recovery. <laughs> right. Chief Clinical Officer. <laughs> The chief operations, yeah, gosh, chief operating man. officer. Wow. Now I'm not even his friend or his or the right operating officer. Yeah, I'm fired. <laughs> yeah. I can, they're already cutting. They're Brandon already said <laughs> I only have to pick up his dry cleaning two more times and I can be his friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm okay. On my way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good cleanup there. Yeah, that's yeah. great. A little bit of filler too, right? We were talking about the the track experience, and I think uh, several episodes ago about you know people are doing shot put, the hundred meter dash, the two mm -hmm. mile around the track. There's a lot. There's different starting points for this, and from your guys' feud, Tensions feud yesterday, it sounds like there's different starting points for um, trauma work. Mm -hmm. And two seemingly different perspectives um, in that regard. So again, round one, go. Okay. Start us off, Mr. Friesma. Feelers okay. first. Yeah, feelers I mean, first. I mean, I guess I propose that Trauma is a stuck emotion, and it tends to be uh, we carry it around. He, I'm, a, I'm a fan of um, the Body Keeps the Score mm -hmm. uh, book talking about how we store trauma in our body and that we are bound uh, to have triggers or fall back into experiencing our trauma through a lot of times through our body or through um, simply shrinking our lives down uh, in a way to avoid triggers. And in my mind, um, when I look at walking through trauma, like there is certainly a stabilization that needs to happen in the moment through mindfulness or through um, some skill building um, and resource development. Uh, and that can be like an EMDR type safe place or um, just learning how to, how to do grounding and some distress tolerance in the now uh, as an opportunity to then access uh, using those resources to then kind of process and work through past trauma. Um, and then Clinton has a counterpoint. <clears throat> like you, you scratched the surface on your perspective, but that's all right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, he didn't, he I mean, didn't it, really go all it, the way down. It's an introductory, like, it really it's is. a broad so, question. <clears throat> yeah. 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 All right. So round one, right? So um, pers uh, I actually don't disagree with a lot of what Jason said. I do think that trauma is something that is 
stored um, in the body uh, and is something that we carry around with us. I think that is something that um, is, uh, there's a level of um, sort of permanence or at least an imprint of um, that can be somewhat permanent if it's not addressed. Um, I guess I go more into the brain at that point though and uh, start to focus on the, the trauma help. Uh, when we experience trauma, we start to develop neural pathways that help us to avoid the experience, that, recreating that experience, right? So we start to um, kind of, uh, it, it becomes a process of avoiding, right? It becomes a process and which can either, uh, which can lead to some really maladaptive behaviors like Jason was saying, where we're actually trying to uh, like shrink our lives down so we don't experience these triggers or we actually are unable to really access certain emotions because of these neural pathways the way that they developed. And so um, for me, again, taking a, I take a bit, just a bit more of a mindfulness approach like Jason started to talk about as far as like skill building and being able to ground in the now. Um, and my, my personal approach to trauma is one of, that is much more present focus. That is about how you're experiencing your trauma in the present moment. Rather than going back and sort of excavating what has happened, it's about identifying how your trauma continues to live on, and then in the, in the moment working through it, rather than falling backwards. So, in in my experience, I've you know I've I have a trauma in my history, and certainly in my, in my uh, more youthful life. Uh, but going through, I I did a trauma intensive at a fairly infamous program here in the country over a five-day period, and it was sort of a going back experience. And for me, it was really drawing forward an awareness of the situation and bringing to light what actually happened to me that, you know, differently from my brothers in those settings and so forth. And so I think there is a power to going back in a way and creating that awareness and that foundation of understanding. And I'm, I'm just a little bit more curious about, you know, kind of that, um, process, you know, through your lens and the importance of doing that in the, from the clinical perspective. Well, I, I mean, being familiar with your process a bit, Brandon, but like, I, I do think it's important. I, I appreciate the here and now piece and, you know, like we did debate pretty heartily, uh, though I think it is more of a Venn diagram. We were just kind of arguing our margins a little bit. Um, but I do really think that, that like, we can't, in my opinion, like it, it's hard to change things that we're not really conscious or aware of. And so I do think there's, an es there's a piece of trauma, whether it's people dissociating or mm -hmm. um, choosing not to remember or being unable to bring up memories or that sort of thing where, where I think trauma can still be affected without ever becoming conscious. So I think it can also be difficult in the here and now to work on things that that haven't been brought at least forward to some degree in the consciousness. Now, I'm not an advocate either for taking three years and sitting on a couch like this, you know, for two or three hours a week and just hashing out every detail of a trauma. Like, I don't think that is helpful at all. Like, I think that's, I think there are a lot more innovative modalities and approaches to addressing trauma where you don't necessarily have to, um, verbally excavate your trauma, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I do think um, in a lot of ways, to me, it's about learning strategies for how to introspect or acknowledging like, okay, I'm, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing I'm irritable. I'm noticing I'm shrinking my world. I'm pushing my support group away. I am, um, I'm just making my life simpler. And, and that might mean that 
that something is happening inside of me that I can't quite put a finger on. And so to me, that is the value also in looking back and developing strategies for looking back to say, okay, this is likely how this is showing up in the moment. Well, what you described is actually identifying trauma in the present, though. I mean, that's really what you're describing. Like, because I'm doing all of these things, I'm, I'm sort of uh, uh, expressing all of these behaviors or making all of these choices which feel maladaptive in my world, right, which are actually affecting me negatively, I, there's that moment of why, right? Like, why am I, which is- Now you're taking my word. We're in, yeah, like and for the viewers, we're in round two at right. this point, yeah. for sure. You're right. Okay. So <laughs> I guess, and why I think is an important component. Like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? I yeah. think what, I think once you realize though, that there is a reason that I'm doing this, you don't necessarily have to go all the way back and work through that reason you can actually strategize how to work, how to change that behavior, and in the process of mindfully, in the present moment, changing and uh, really addressing the behavior and the emotions that come up when you're experiencing it, you're, you can work through that trauma in the present moment without actually having to excavate or go backwards. Yeah, um, did you like that? I did, you yeah, slammed so. your foot down, so. <laughs> yeah. That's authoritative. It's a good thing I was wearing and, loafers because um, that would have been really loud. If yeah, it would have been <laughs> if it was a cowboy boot day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it, it, I don't fully disagree with what you're saying either. Yeah. Like I appreciate, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. And in some ways you're saying what I'm saying as well, yeah. that like these things are the past coming and knocking on right. the present's door, yeah. if you will. And like, but to me, um, there is some value in, in, in looking back. Um, because like sometimes the maladaptive behaviors are almost seem way out of context for what had happened or um, the lack of awareness for the process to get to the point where this happened in my childhood and um, now I can't say these words to my wife. Like that, mm -hmm. there's such a long, <laughs> circuitous journey to get there and and do you need to take every step along the way maybe not probably not right. but but is there like okay in the moment I'm feeling this I'm feeling something in my body I'm feeling heat or I'm feeling right. black or I'm feeling like I can't look somebody in the eyes because of whatever's happened in the past like I I hear that those are present related things but I, I think there's a value to kind of hold those two things in tension right. and in balance because like it won't do any good to go excavate. It doesn't change the moment, of course. Like that's right. absolutely. that's absolutely the goal is like, you know, to move forward and not have those triggers. But I, I, I think the only spot where we differ maybe is how much value there is in, in exploring some of those past things. And of course, I think that there is value in getting down to the why, like really, uh, which is kind of where you know, your approach lands is in this sort of, we, you end up in this thing of like, do we focus on the why or do we focus on the what? What and right? how. And yeah. so he's a why guy, I'm a what guy yeah. slash how guy. And uh, you know. Round just, three. Right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. How many rounds is it? And I do believe that there is value in bringing to a certain degree um, unconscious behaviors con to a conscious level because mm -hmm. that way you can work on them very directly. Um, I just don't necessarily believe that it's uh, uh, an absolute necessity. You know, I think that there is value to that in certain moments and in certain and in certain 
cases and with certain clients, I just don't know if it's actually something that has to happen. Because when doing that, all you're actually doing, in my perspective, is reinforcing that synapse connection, right? You're reforming and actually sort of strengthening that synapse, uh, that synapse processing rather than breaking it and creating a new one. Science. I mean, it, and, and I recognize that yeah. that feels like a mic drop moment for you. But like, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just don't. I'm going to get so much but like, pick it up. back on. Yeah, yeah. Pick it people are going to tear me apart on Facebook. It's going to be great. So. And I, <laughs> I guess to me, because you are right. Like, okay, so, I mean, if we're going to get into the weeds a little bit about it, like yeah. trauma usually does create really pretty negative self thoughts right like we could yeah. probably track it down to you know i any sort of i am statement that's horrible like i'm the, I, I oftentimes in group um when i begin to talk about shame or something like that i will i literally will sit in a group with 10 guys and be like who in here raise your hand if you think you're the worst person on the planet and it, every time five or six hands goes up and i'm like so five or six of you of the billions of people on the planet think you're the worst Think about that. That means billions of people think they're the worst person on the planet. And, and a lot of times that has its uh, origins in some sort of trauma or where that was reinforced. And like, um, I guess I just don't know that exploring backward and then learning how to unweave and find new messaging for oneself or learning how to break the behavior to challenge the shame message, I don't know how that's reinforcing that synaptic part. Right. Well, it made a lot of sense in my head. So. I mean, it sounded I, great. I thought it, it sounded awesome. really good. Yeah, you it just dropped the mic. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't. That could very well not be science. So I don't. You know. Yeah, but I don't claim it is to be because a master you said of anything. Is. So, but it is. There is actually. Join us next week when we find out the Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, I think Earth it's. I, I do think sun. it's important oh, it to be creative and think about what it's doing as a brain mechanism because you know, strangely enough, we're operating within the brain the, nearly the entire time. And, um, in a lot of ways, especially in relationship to addiction, but our industry, and uh, for a variety of different reasons, uh, is one of the you know few medical side of things where we're not going to crack open the head and look exactly what's going on there. Yeah. And so I think being able to bridge uh, gaps in the absence of that real scientific information it creates great conversation and felt like a great mic drop moment. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You guys are going to put that in your book. You were talking about yeah. a book. The mic drop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I. I <laughs> I, I, like, I, actually, I like the idea of the Venn diagram, right? Where we, we are kind of uh, arguing our margins and sort yeah. of, because there, there is crossover without a doubt. And I would say probably my perspective is not the most popular or the most common. I think that there is a lot more um, evidence out there for this sort of excavation process because that's kind of where trauma has come from. And it has actually moved closer and closer and closer to the moment as time has progressed. I mean, there, back in the day, there um, trauma approaches where you were literally like reliving your trauma and re-traumatizing clients. And so we've moved away from that, I think very um, rightfully so. I think that we, I guess uh, my perspective is when you, somebody realizes that they realize that they're the worst person in the world, right? And what do you do with that, right? Like, so you know, and then you figure out why, because you had a, a traumatic experience as a child. Like, this is why you feel that way. So then what do you do with it? You know, 
what happens then? You know, how do you utilize that information into um, to transformative um, change, which is what counseling and therapy is all about. It's all about change. Yeah. Right, and I, I can't tell if you're asking a question or like are you yeah. making a point? You're asking, my voice not go up at the end? Yeah. I mean, it, kind of, although it, did, it could yeah. appear rhetorical as well. But like, I do think, yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. you know, from my perspective, there is, there is value in fostering empathy for oneself. Sure. Because a lot, of, a lot of times I'm the worst person on the planet because when I was four, I didn't defend myself against my dad, whatever that might be. And, and like we take our adult perspective and expect the little kid version of ourselves to have done or behave differently is what I've found. Sure. And so fostering some empathy for that past part of myself is um, a valuable part of doing the cognitive and behavioral Absolutely. part of the process. And I think that that's where I would pick up the baton, right? So you've got the empathy, you've got the awareness, you've got the empathy. So now how do I actually change? Now to how do I make this, this information transformative and meaningful in my life? In what ways am I actually living out this idea that I am the worst person in the world? And how, could it, how do I directly address those and change those, both on a um, behavioral level, on a synaptic level, on an emotional level? I think the process does begin to resolve. You, you start to find resolution through actual change. And so I think that that's where we bridge in those, that moment. Because um, I do think that it's, you know, we really are like, you know, I'd mentioned when we've had this conversation multiple times, uh, we're two sides of the same coin to a certain degree. I think it's just a matter of approach and um, what we choose to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And in our own biases, probably, and sure. in how we're wired. Right. And then probably our own experiences along the way as well that Absolutely. have informed us what's beneficial to ourselves personally and what's not. Right. <laughs> Making it about feelings. Look at we're, this. We're yeah. missing. I, a... That was. That wasn't even close to a feeling. Yeah, it was, it was maybe approaching it. Mean, like yeah. don't feeling worry. Adjacent. Yeah. No tears. Yeah. Uh, we'll be fine. If you can, if you don't experience it from the viewer side of things, I, I think in the Venn diagram sort of way, they're they're actually hugging now. It's no longer a fight. This is this is a coming together the fight moment. Is over. But I I, I want to uh, uh, exit this episode on so on on. Two important things here that I think have, are are coming up for me, namely that um, you know trauma is a stuck in time thing. It's an event that happened, whether it was physical, emotion, emotional, intellectual abuse. Um, it's an event. It's what is the experience though of trauma when I feel like I'm the worst person in the world? It sounds like shame is the word that I just want to get in here. That's actually the experience of trauma Absolutely. is shame, that I no longer have value or I lack value resulting from this stuck in time experience. Um, and just wanna make sure that's, uh, that's accurate from my non-clinical lens and reading of this. I, th I think oh. that's a good read. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that, and if, uh, I think again, another place where Jason and I would really overlap is the idea that in the end you're working on shame. You know, like when yeah. you're working on trauma, you're working on shame and um, I think that you know, part of the curriculum that we've developed is based around that. It's this idea that you know, we don't have a, a trauma week, but we have a, a grief and we have a shame week, right? Where we're really exploring that. And again, they do some deep diving on in the beginning with Jason, and then on the end, they sort of ground themselves and um, focus more on the what and the how. And so I think, um, but you hit the nail on the head. You know, in the end, it's shame. So. Yeah. 
I read Brene Brown, so yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> yes. uh, it comes up She's from time to time. Influential. I have yeah. Netflix. Yeah. 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 I got, and I have Netflix. I've watched YouTube. Some so, TED yeah. Talks. Yeah. Watched <laughs> YouTube. Uh, yeah. Any going out thoughts for you guys? Or? Uh, to be clear, I'm, I'm quite fond of these discussions. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I find them to be very valuable, oh. yeah. honestly. And we're always kind of hugging, so. Yeah. yeah we're, and, we're always, it's always a, yeah. Yeah, a warm, gushy feeling here somewhere. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. No. Curious where that goes inevitably, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop. We'll full yeah, stop it yeah. here. Uh, I just want to thank everybody again for joining us today. Uh, check us out on uh, what are the kids look watching? It? Spotify. Spotify. Listening on the Spotify, the Tube, the YouTube, Insta. Yeah. Insta Is that a thing? Insta the Park. Facebook. Yeah. Apple Store. I think there's several ways to find this episode or these episodes. Of course, please continue to look for us. Follow us. Um, send us your comments, your feedback. Uh, it's so valuable to us to know where to uh, take it from here. And we promise we've talked about it, I think, 10 times now. We're at 10, episode 10. Are we? I don't know. Yeah. You're making But at up. least yeah, 10 yeah, times we've talked up. about it. Uh, we're going to change this dynamic up a little bit moving forward. Um, we just kind of wanted to get a foundation and a feel for this environment that we're in um, under the, the hot lamps and so forth. And so we look forward to changing up a few things, inviting some folks onto the uh, future episodes coming up and um, engaging more with uh, the why that Jason is going to bring forward <laughs> to us next yeah. week. So um, until next time, thank you. Absolutely. Bring your Kleenex. <laughs> 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 <This guy. laughs>